On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about time and project management, the importance of milestones, the difference between project programming and commissioning, and who's left to turn the lights out. All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A State of Control. A State of Control, episode 32, recorded on February 23rd, 2017. Lights out. Nation is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies such as Peerless AV. This is A State of Control. Welcome to A State of Control, the AV Nation podcast that highlights the control, automation, and programming aspects of the AV industry. I'm your host, Steve Greenblatt, and... Today we have a very interesting show, I think something that everybody can relate to. Uh, We're gonna talk about project management and time management, and we're gonna focus on it primarily from the perspective of a control system programmer. Um, With me to discuss this exciting topic is a very familiar cast, and I'm sure that there will be a very lively discussion. Uh, First and foremost, I'd like to uh, introduce uh, our regular cohort, uh, his name is Uncle Richie, Rich Fergoza. How are you today, Rich? Good. Hello, West Coast. Greetings. Everybody's favorite Uncle Richie. Uh, we, probably the, the whole purpose of this show is to be able to figure out some cool tag name for Mr. From one of our guests coming up. I won't give away the secret yet. <laughs> yeah, we're try, trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm about halfway through building my arc based on all the rains that we've got up here in Northern California. So uh, good to be back. I'm glad to be feeling better finally. It only took me a month. Um, so uh, it'll be, uh, I'm looking forward to spending time with this uh, rogue gallery we got. Very nice. Well, uh, with that precursor, let's uh, introduce our next guest, Mark Levecchia from BMA Software Solutions. Welcome back, Mark. It's good to have you. Thank you. It is really good to be back. It's good to circle up with you guys again. Looking forward to the topic uh, and looking forward to the fact that of the four of us, I have the second most amount of hair, which is really exciting to me. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> it just dawned uh, on me. So last but not least is uh, another familiar face. His name is Bernard Morgan from ICS Plus. Welcome, Bernard. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Well, excited to be back, and this will be a great topic. Excellent. Um, so we've talked a lot about different aspects of a project that can help to achieve a successful outcome. We've talked about scope of work. We've talked about documentation, and we've talked about writing good code that can be maintainable. Today, we're, we're going to talk about the ways that we can get involved in planning a project. And um, well, let's uh, start with you, Rich. What do you do when you're approaching a project? Well, how, how can you kind of lay that groundwork, educate a customer, and, and, and what, what steps could be taken to try to get the outcome that you're looking for? You know, honestly, the, probably the, the one thing that I, I think we focus on the most is being flexible. Um, and again, this is speaking as a, as a third-party programmer. If you're an integrator, you're going to have your own process. You're going to have 
um, you know, a, a certain way of doing things. Um, you know, again, since we're talking to primarily control system programmers, some are independent, some are working for integrators, um, some are working for larger programming houses, smaller programming houses. Um, in our case, you know, I've got a lot of different integrators all over the country. And they all kind of have different ways of doing things. Some are small organizations, some are larger ones. And, you know, what we found is, is um, being flexible enough to, to, to work with what they have and then step them through and say, let's find ways to make you more successful. Here's the things that we've taken um, and, and provide them the tools. What, what we've found is, um, you know, there, there, there has to be a willingness to um, play with the team. And you never know which, which team you're going to be playing on at that point. And, and what we've found is over the years, there's a couple of tools that kind of work in terms of when you're dealing with multiple companies or multiple personalities, or you may have people on-site and off-site. <clears throat> and we try to establish those as the norms in the beginning um, and then try to remain as consistent as possible throughout the project. I'm, I'm being a little bit vague here. I mean, I can go into like some of the specific tools that, that we use. And, and again, residential, even on top of that, resi is different than commercial, you know, because in, in resi, you may not have a, a consultant involved. So, you know, you even have that extra layer when you're dealing, um, you know, in a, in a commercial or, or an enterprise project. Uh, but the first part is if you're in this business, you got to be willing to roll with the punches is, is part one. So, so for Bernard, I, I know that you um, not only manage projects for yourself, but also manage pro projects with a team. Um, when you approach uh, a given project, what, what are the criteria that you look for in, in, in terms of being able to know that this is something that's going to be a good fit? And, and is there a way that you can have a little bit of say over how, how to make make sure that that project gets executed effectively? I think the first thing you really have to look at when we look at projects is points that were uh, involve other integration points or other parties to tie into or basically other systems. I think, I think one of the key things is when we look at projects, I think one of the biggest areas is points of coordination. We, you know, it's always been, hey, we have to coordinate with uh, the integrator that we're working on the project, but then as systems would get more complex and our reach of what we're doing seems to keep on going outwards. Now we have to talk about not just only the network team, but now we're talking to the Tenefoli team. Now we're talking to the Active Directory people. Now we're talking to the servers. And typically that's different individuals that on enterprise so, or on an organization. So at this point now, you start, it used to be just two points of communication, maybe three, which would be the integrator and the customer. Now that point of conversation has gone out three to four times more because all these different critical path items are all necess necessary to be turned on and up at the turned on at the same time for the project to be successful. It takes one of those four items not to be there, and then we won't be able to deliver the final control system. And that's what I think the project management really needs to, you know, the, the whole thing of the project management is making sure everybody knows all the moving pieces and what they need to be in the time they need to be delivered. Then. So it sounds to me like good communication and information flow is pretty critical. Yeah, I think so, especially when you're dealing with, you know, three, four different parties all at the same time. Sure. Mark, when you're approaching a project, and I know that we've discussed this in, in a lot of different aspects, 
the the idea of getting that information and preparing your, your team to be able to be successful, it, it, I think is pretty critical because the, you, you of course want to be able to maximize the, the time, the, the benefit of the time that you put into a project. Um, do you have any techniques that you use to be able to extract that information and to, and, and I know that you work a lot of times with, with partners that, that you do regular business with. Um, is it training? Is it, is it something, do, do you have different tools that you use? Uh, well, there are a lot of things that we try to do, but the one thing that we, we almost always do on every project is make sure that whoever is hiring us to do this job, whoever the components are, in my business it's generally gonna be an integrator, and we are exclusively in the commercial world, all right? So by that, we're protected a little bit in terms of what we're gonna do, we've probably a few times before. So we've got that benefit going into it. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll start each project with making sure that whoever we're working with understands, uh, and I know this sounds a little self-serving, but the, the reality is we're the last ones in, okay? Uh, I was thinking that I was gonna, you know, I would like to change the name of my company to Lights Out because I feel like we're the last ones to turn out the lights when we're leaving, right? Nobody's gonna get that job signed off, signed off until that system is 100% punched and commissioned. And the one thing that we push to the people that we work with is from a programming perspective, we start every job with the end in mind first. What I mean is I wanna know when you need to turn this room over because I can communicate with them and they can communicate with me, but if we don't have a full, a, a firm set of milestones that need to be, that they need to understand, uh, what happens is we end up getting uh, caught in the back, in the backflow. What I mean by that is, look, you're going to start this job and we all know there's this new job and we're doing this building and there's 18 rooms and it has to be done by July 14th. 2020 because the president has a meeting in this room at 11 o'clock that day. I don't know why people do that, but it's probably to create that sense of urgency. So what we do is we go, okay, if this has to be done by here, then I need to be loading my code here, this date. Okay. In order for me to load my code by this date, I need to have submittals, panels, you know, functionality and approval by here. In order to get you that, I need drawings by here. I need bill of materials. I need functionality. I need graphical um, uh, identities for their corporate use of their colors and their logos. I need all of these things here so that by the time we get here, there are no surprises. And if we, from that point then, what we have to do is we have to give them updates on where we're on a regular basis. I think a lot of things that integrate programmers tend to do, smaller programmers, they tend to just figure they have the order they're writing code and if they don't hear from anybody that means nothing's going on we all know that's not the case but the one phone call that everybody hates to get is hey how's the code going when you have no idea what the project is so from my perspective it begins with from a project by project standpoint letting my customer who in my case is going to be the integrator know that i i need to know when this is going to end and we want to make sure that it ends on time, not just because that's the goal, but one other thing, I've got other jobs behind it. People don't like to say that to their customers. I have other customers, I have other jobs, but the reality is if your schedule slides, 
then you're putting me in a bad situation. And if we don't know that information, now all of a sudden I have a log jam. It's kind of like hitting your brakes on the highway. Somebody hits those brakes, it backs up everybody. And it's something that is a big problem in our business. Communication and understanding the end is, is, is the first step for us to make sure we get through that. So, so let's explore that a little bit more because I, I do agree. And that's one of the techniques that we use is that you, you kind of have to work backward. Um, but it's often that you have to anticipate that things are going to get delayed and you have to anticipate that you're going to need to do support or you're going to have to field that call two weeks later when they actually, the test system actually gets fully tested to address that one piece of equipment or, 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 or to, to be able to, to uh, go through that scenario that didn't get executed the first time. Um, how do you, uh, f figure that in, I guess, to, to your planning, and 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 what what impact did, does that do to to uh, the the schedule for your the the person who's who has to be assigned that task? Well, I think one of the big things there is that when you look at that, it's it's really I think when you look at projects now, the word programming gets intertwined with commissioning so much. And I think one of the key things is to communicate the difference between those two because the two are so symbiotic, they have to go at the same time. And I think that's where, like you guys said, starting from the back and working your way up is to having that conversation of where is the commissioning of that system going to happen with the programming. I would add one other thing, is, and I know this sounds probably basic and simple, but the reality is uh, this bites a lot of people, which is uh, – Giving a good look at the bill of materials before you go into a project. I need to know what we're going to be controlling. Uh, it's a little bit different than the world that Uncle Richie lives in, and that residential tends to be much more early adopter, uh, and they don't care what it, they just want the latest and newest thing. Commercial enterprise companies, they want to be on top of it, but they're they they are more interested in the latest firmware updates than they are the latest piece of equipment. Um, but in the end, if you we need to know what equipment's going in. We need to make sure that there's protocol available and ability to, to talk to that device. Uh, and then we take that data, and if we've already talked to this device or we've worked with this device and we know there are some known things that the customer needs to be aware of, we try to share that with them. They don't think about that, but that's a big point for us. If you're using this codec, please make sure that this is the firmware you're running on it, because if you go beyond that, then I'm gonna have some issues with the, with the module that we're doing. Um, we did a project, not to go off topic, and I'll try to be quick, but we did a project recently with a projector that needed to be programmed. Um, we've never done that before. In fact, I reached out to some of you guys because we were looking for protocol on it. It was a newer projector. It was a digital cinema projector, and it needed to be programmed. Now I went to the dealer six times. I'm hoping he's not watching this, but I went to him six times and said, you need to program this and give us the data, because until you do that, I can't make that thing work. I was giving specific data, specific information to make sure that it was successful so that they gave us the data. It's like a DSP device where you're going to give me the instant uh, tags and stuff like that. In this particular case, you're creating channels for a projector. It's a little thing, but you know what? When, when it came time to turn the job over, everybody was working 16, 17, 18 hours a day. You know why? Because nobody remembered to take care of the projector. And as a result, now, guess what? We're bleeding out margin. We're bleeding out money. And if we just make sure that the right people are getting the right information, it starts with, again, the scope and so forth, but that bill of materials. So we know when we get there what we're up against and we can share data, 
We can make sure that we use our experience to help them, or if not, we can give them a heads up and say, we need this piece of equipment in-house. I know you guys all do this. Send me this box, send me this piece of equipment. I'm gonna run some tests on it to make sure so when we get to the job site, the customer's not watching us make sausage. I, I think, you know, Bernard brought up a, a, a great point and, and we've in recent years added it to our language, which is the, the aspect of commissioning. And although we would, and again, this, this comes back to your business model. I mean, some third-party programmers have a hands-off policy, some have a hands-off. And, and this really becomes a matter of how are you going to treat the identity of your company and how you're going to be working with your integrators and, and more importantly, the rules that you establish. I mean, everybody, that line is a shifting line. It, it's not a, for me to decide where a company places that line. I know where I place the line for my company. Uh, but again, I'm dealing in residential. I'm dealing in ultra high end. I'm dealing in different um, expectation levels in terms of the deliverable and also potentially the integrators that I'm working with. They, they all have different strengths and weaknesses. But what we've done is in our language is we basically established concierge services for that reason. Um, because those concierge services are all the aspects of commissioning where you are working with the integrator to get to that point. So you have a choice. You can either put in your spec because the consultant gave it to you and said, this shall be this, this shall be that, you shall give a price. There, there's no leeway there at that point. There's no going back and saying, hey, Mr. Consultant, you guys... Um, you know, kind of bleep the pooch on this one. So, you know, we're going to charge you for it. It, it, it. That's not good for long-term relationships with technology managers. We all know that. So how do you get around? So that, for us, it became the concierge service. And it becomes a matter of saying, look, this is an a la carte process. We, we are going to give you the choice. We have done this for so long. We can either flatten the, point, the friction points for you or not. If you want this to be a learning experience, which I don't recommend from a profitability standpoint, have at it. You can afford to be optimistic. Um, if you want to get this done by January 14th, 2020, then this has to be layered into the process. And Mark's bringing up a great example, the digital, uh, the digital cinema projector. We deal with them all the time in these high-end theaters. I mean, we have cinema projectors in there. They're completely different animals than going down to Best Buy and buying a projector and popping it in. You have everything. For, I mean, you can have 40 different settings on this thing, and each of them have to be crucial or that thing doesn't work. That's a lot of information to have to process. And the integrator, like I said, might have just sold it and said, they said, get this thing, and they drop it in. And, That's exactly you know, right. And sometimes, you know, and it depends on the projector manufacturer working with. Some of them will provide a white glove service. Well, they will send a factory technician out. But more and more, they're doing that less and less because they're charging a fee for it. So the integrator says, oh, we'll figure it out on our own. Um, it, so point B is that... Um, commissioning is becoming more and more a larger part of a programmers. Because again, it's, 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 it's not a good descriptor anymore. Um, programming is the assembling of code. Co you know, programming is pro providing a framework for the human experience to have an end result. Within programming now, we have, we have, we have layered in that there is commissioning. Not only is there factory commissioning, but there, because again, we're the lights out guys. It is our responsibility to try to make everybody look as good as possible. And from a business model and a marketing standpoint, my feeling is that that is where a lot of the education is lacking because, you know, there's an exposure level. And, uh, you know, by, by saying that, hey, I'm deeply involved in this, for some companies, that's just not an exposure level that they want to take. You know, they want to get in, they want to get out. You've given me the scope. Here's the contract. Here you go. Um, you know, and again, that de depends on your business model and your approach to the business and, your longevity and everything else that goes with it. You know, our view is, is look, we're, we're honestly, we're the only ones who are forced to be the experts about everything and anything. 
So at this point, we are going to offer this pool of experience. And there is a fee for that. There is value for what we generated. Just 15 minutes ago, I was on a call with an integrator who was learning how to program. And the one thing that I told him, I said, the reason why people tell me I'm so expensive is not because of what the code that I just did. The reason why I'm so expensive is because I just helped you out with a thing you couldn't figure out that you didn't charge for, um, you know, and that you couldn't get assistance from, from the manufacturer. And we talked about it before. Programmers have a bit of an identity crisis. You know, they, they have a very hard time standing up and charging for what they're worth. And, and that's been an issue that I, I've seen for 20 odd years, which is you have value. You are bringing the tools that are necessary when everybody goes, oh, wow, this system turned out great. And part of that is the education and sitting with the technology managers. And, 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 and like Mark said, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough conversation to have sometimes to be able to say, this is where we stand. This is how we do work. We need to be able to work together. And if you're not even able to reach me halfway to that point and understand that I have value, then we're already off on the wrong foot. Um, so, you know, again, part, part one is, you know, it's tough, you know, it, but, but in terms of lost opportunity causes, you, you got to learn to stand up for yourself um, and be able to say, I have value. I'm here to bring, you know, value to the project and we're charging for it. And I think, with it, I think the key point is that when you talk about managing a project, that is a key deliverable that I think nine times out of 10 is nebulous. You know, the programmers coming on site, the programmers getting ready to load, the programmers remotely logging in. Well, has that been defined what that means? Is that programmer setting up firmware IDing? Has the system been manually test first? And I think as an industry as a whole, as Uncle Richie said, that area is getting grayer and grayer, and it needs to get more defined. We, we actually have uh, forms for larger projects. We don't do it with our regular customers, but if I'm doing a, a larger project with a new customer, or at least a consultant's project, um, we have forms that we have our integrators aware of. When they, when they bid the project, if they come to me for a number, we go, okay, look, if you win this job, these I'm gonna need you to fill out. One of those are referencing what uh, Bernard is talking about is a system ready form. And it's a form that says to them, listen, I know that you, feel like it's time for the code to show up because you need somebody in there to, to load code. But these are the things that we need to verify because you have a set block of time that we've agreed to that I'm going to come to that job site and commission your system. And if I get there and you're not ready for me, my schedule is all screwed up. Now I've got to make extra trips. I've got to make extra trips. I got to charge you. I got to charge you. You're not going to like it. We're going to argue. Now we're in a, in a problem that's doing anything except taking care of the customer. Okay. So here's a form that says, I, Everything is installed. All the equipment is there. Everything, like like Bernard said, key component. Everything's manually tested. I can sit there and make it happen without the use of a control system. Uh, I, I have all of it set up. I can make a video call. I can receive a video call. I can make an audio call, receive an audio call. All of these things can happen before the control system's ever involved so that when we start committing a control system, we're not trying to figure out whether it's the control system or your install. Now we're able to focus our time specifically on why you hired us, which is to do this. Now, what I tell my customers is, I don't care if you are ready or not, but I want you to sign the paper. Because when you sign the paper and I show up and you're not ready, that means I get to charge you extra time for the time that's beyond the block. And they go, oh, well, well, well let, let, let's just take a minute here and let's think about it. No, let's think about anything. All you need to do is go back to the site, check your connections, make sure everything's available, and when it is, then let me know and we will be there. And it's a small, it seems like a small thing, 
But the reality is if you don't do that, then what you do is you get to a job site. Now you're committed. Now you're in. Now you can't leave. You can't go away. They can't start yelling at you. You've got to be able to manage that process. My father used to be, he wasn't very good at a lot of things, but one of the things he would say to me on a regular basis was, uh, plan your work or work your plan. Now, we all know what we're going into when we get there. There are no surprises. Surprises are what eat margin. And not for nothing, but we don't do this because we're in a charitable mood. We do this to earn money. We do this for a fee. And we want that fee to be profitable so we can pay our employees and have a happy life. You know? And if you take that out of the equation, if you don't, if you take the management and just rely on somebody else to do it for you, then you're going to find yourself in a hole. And that's where jobs go sideways. Jobs go sideways. Lights are out. Program's not done. Guess who's getting blamed? The GC? No. Lighting? No. Integrator? No. Programmer. Now, all of a sudden, programmer's got a bad name. Now, somebody needs to hire you for programming, and they go, why are you so expensive? If you take the rights... Okay. And, I, and I think that goes for integrator or independent. I mean, that's across the board. Programmers as a whole get into that bubble. They, they do. And I would add one other thing that I've talked to Steve about without drilling too deep down, which is one of the errors that we see integrators making during this critical commission position. If the, if the job slides, I'll be curious if you guys run into this. If a job slides, they've got their team on this project, okay? This team's been working on this project since kickoff. Now that's slid a little bit, they need that team to go to the next job. So they take people that are not familiar with this job and they put them in there to commission the system. And what happens is now you have people that don't know how the system works, trying to make sure that it works properly. And they're like, well, I'm pushing this button and I don't see it doing this. Well, that wasn't, we never agreed to it doing that. Yeah, but I needed to do that. So please do that. And now, now we're sideways. Now we're off book. Um, and I, if I could implore on integrators and anybody commissioning systems is please keep consistency in your project. Make sure there's somebody there that, that's from the beginning is there at the end so that expectations that are set are also met. Uh, just a, a comment that, that we've uh, encountered or we've observed is that a lot of, of integrators, <coughs> excuse me, um, when their programmer is out on a job site, that programmer wears a lot of different hats. And, and to your guy's point, the whole idea of commissioning is, is and, and possibly closing the project is usually that programmer's responsibility, possibly even doing DSP programming or, or even managing the techs. You take that person out of the project, if, if they are, if they have somebody employed and then they're going to now outsource, so that person's now on another project, it leaves a big void. And what, what we found is that they're expecting that you're going to come in and do all the things that that person would have done for, for them if they were assigned to the project. I don't know if you, if you guys have, have come across that, but, it, but it, I think my point is, is that there needs to be a, a definition of responsibilities. And, and I think that that's a lot of times what, in addition to expectations in terms of what the system's going to do, the definition of responsibilities and, and who's going to be doing what and, and what needs to happen in order to be successful. I, I, I mean, I would throw in that in our case, um, we, we try to take a proactive approach. I, I, I did my time on airplanes. I, I desperately try not to get on airplanes whenever possible. And so from our viewpoint, we looked at it and said, okay, how, how can we streamline this process? And, we came up with we came up with a with a, a, a deployment kit. Um, you know, I've got two laptops that sit off to the side. 
and I've got it loaded with the software that I use. I've got it loaded with the communication software. If it's a new integrator or an existing integrator, um, we use uh, different forums, whatever everybody's comfortable with. But right now we've been very popular with, uh, we've, we've had great success with Slack, which is basically a real-time messaging program. It's great because we can archive everything, we can drop files in, we can video chat, we can audio chat, we can all of these things. So we look at it and say, okay, look, you know, we're technologists. We need to start using technology to, to help us out. So the first question is on a project, like, can you get internet? And if the answer is, yeah, we can get internet, like, right. then we're fine, okay? If, if you don't have the ability to have a webcam to point at the screen with the button that they're watching, um, a piece of remote diagnostic software to be able to see what they're doing, and then um, some form of real-time communication program that everybody in the team, like Mark was pointing out, okay, great, you know, the team left here, um, you know, we got the new team in. Okay, well, great. Two of the new team members, I add them to the channel. We can pull up to the archive. I can do a search based on, you know, whatever happened. I type in projector. Great. It scrolls back two weeks and says, here's what happened with the projector. Here's the protocol document that we dropped in. Here's the instructions that I gave you. Here's what the guy says where the problems were. Here you go. You know, it's about flattening the friction points. And what happens a lot of times, because we've all been burnt. And again, this is money that we're talking about, right? You know, it's like every hour that I spend on somebody's job that I didn't charge for is an hour I lost. It's an hour I can't charge for somebody else. So how am I, as the business owner, gonna look at it and say, how can I maximize my profitability? And at the same time, provide a service that shows that I am the value added component to this project. Because again, there's lots of programmers out there. There's independents, there's integrators, there's now framework solutions, there's all of these things. So it becomes a matter of what's your value? What are you bringing to the party other than technician A, B, and C walked out and they walked up to the touch panel and they did the web interface and blah, 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 and it kind of sort of works. Okay, that, that is a part of the market now. And it's a great part of the market because it, it allows for, you know, the rising tide to, to, to lift all boats, all of that. You know, I mean, there's more projects out there. Um, but from a, a business standpoint, and I think from a professional obligation standpoint of our segment of the industry, use the dang tools. Stop you know, saying, well, you know, here's a list, here's you got, great, that's fantastic. Legally, that covers you. Billing, that covers you. Goodwill, eh, that's a fine line, you know. Where are you going to be with that internet? Again, Mark has a different um, user base that he works with. You know, what about these smaller shops? What about these shops that are trying to work their way in? What about, you know, again, somebody who's in residential? You know, my, my, my view is kind of, you know, how are we looking at all of the different segments that we are in this industry? And not only where we come from, but how can we help each other in this program community and say, look, these are the tools that we have. Here's how we're working together. Here's how I'm going to make your life easier. Now, if you choose not to use it, that's all right. But I found that with the integrators who do take the advice and start using the tools, it's like, holy cow, this stuff's great. We're able to get jobs done and, and, and they build confidence and they sell more. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, it is something that builds upon itself. And yeah, we are this very weird part of the marketing and sales department for them when we do our job right. Because the confidence at that point to be able to finish jobs starts growing and the salespeople and, you know, and the C-level executive from that integrator is going, oh, wow, that went well. You're, you're going to be the first person on that call list at that point because you're not a problem. One of the things I think we also have to, in order to get there, Uncle Richie, uh, I think one of the things that uh, has been a problem in our business and continues to be for programming companies is the perception of the programmer. And the perception of the programmer uh, is, is deserved because programmers almost always were working for the, the company that was installing 
the equipment. Uh, it, it was, it's only been the last 24, 25 years that independent programmers have really come into play. Um, and in our business, that's not long enough to overcome bad perception. I remember so, 25 years ago when we approached you with this crazy concept. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I was, I, I, I was uh, selling for Crestron. Had a lot, we both had a lot of hair back then. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the, the point here is that the perception from, uh, at least from my perspective, the integrators is I've got a programmer sitting in an office, I need him to work on this project. Okay. Um, and so this is what he does. He programs. And in the independent programming world, there are those kind of independent programmers. They're one person shops that are by themselves and they take a job and they program it and they move along. Uh, there are other companies like ours that are on this call right now, which have people that are designed to interact with the integrator. They're not just waiting for drawings. They're scheduling, they're calling, they're following up. They're making sure that the deadlines are where they are. Is the equipment shipped? Is this thing? Is that in all of these things? And that, that part of from the very beginning, once an integrator starts realizing the, the, the amount of knowledge that we have and can bring to the table for their project, uh, they go, this is, this is awesome. It's like having a whole nother department. It's exactly the way we see it. We don't want to be your programmer. I want to be your programming department. I want to be involved in you. I want to price your projects for you. I want to do all of these things from beginning to the end. Let's make money together. Let's be happy about this. And let's look forward to a project and not be worried about how we're going to get out of there. So I think if you take a look at, you know, when you talk to any project manager, they usually say that any type of traditional project management class or project management seminar, they have two major things they always talk about, communication and critical path, right? And I think in our industry, I think communication happens really well, but defining what the critical path items are when it comes to programming and commissioning systems, you don't know until you hit the ground. And I think, you know, what Uncle Richie says is like, my, my business owner, my business partner is so sick of us buying laptops, but that's one of the biggest advantages we've come across of basically defining critical paths. Put the laptop on site, see what's there, what's not there before we get super engaged. And I think that's where, you know, managing projects come down to two things, like you said, communication and defining critical paths. And yeah, I'll and add in uh, to echo what Richie said is, is use your tools. And I think that we're in a technology business, we should be leveraging our technology. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, high speed, again, 20 years ago, we were literally at the dialing into the house on the fax line and yelling to everybody, don't pick up the phone, don't pick up the phone. Uh, uh, you know, but, but you know, it, 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 again, it, the, the first question, do you have, can you get on the internet? Yes, then that should be the next logical step that you take. And if you aren't taking that step, you're doing yourself and the projects that you're working for a disservice. Because again, you don't have to get in the car. You know, they're, they're, those are the 20 second conversations that like Mark was saying, is that you don't want to hit the brake lights on a project, have somebody jump on a plane or jump in a car, go down to a site and find out that it was a three minute typo. Right. Well, unfortunately, guys, I know it's going to have to do it for today, but I think that this is a great topic and something that we need to really continue to talk about. And I appreciate your guys' lively engagement on it. I think it's something that is going to be not only valuable for, for us to keep talking out, but, but for also for the industry to, to learn more about and to be able to, to benefit from these experiences. Um, so with that said, I, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us. And uh, of course, we'll welcome you back, I'm sure, in a future show. Let's uh, start with Bernard Morgan from ICS Plus. How can people find you, learn more about your company? 
Uh, the best way to do it is just hit the website at www.icsplusonline.com. Very nice. And uh, Mark Levecki and Mr. Twitter. Uh, <laughs> have 112 followers right now. Really? <laughs> yeah, I really do. I don't know 90 of them, but I've got 112 followers. Based upon the metrics, you've had a 1,000% increase in your followers in the past I really, month. I, it's, really, it's really very exciting. So could you, you can, share... For, for those who want to join on that list, maybe we'll get you up to a, to uh, 200 very soon. Uh, how be can so people reach you and learn more about BMA? Uh, first and foremost, find us at uh, bmasoftwaresolutions.com uh, is where you're going to find us most uh, often. Uh, and you'll find me you know, messing around on Twitter, listening to the AV tweets at Mark Lavecchia. So um, we're out there. We're having some fun. I'm just looking forward to everybody joining in so we can have this discussion a little bit deeper. I think that's a great idea. Uh, last but not least, uh, Uncle Richie, that, how can everybody find you, learn more about Fergosa Design? And, well, uh, get well you can see me uh, first off trying to start my new page, marksnickname.com. Um, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I think I, I'm, I'm gonna start out with uh, making the sausage Mark Levecchia might be. <laughs> I mean, hopefully we're going to go with lights out Levecchia. Lights out Levecchia, possible. It, that could work. It work. You know, the 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 postman's already taken by me. You know, and now they call me FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at ForgosaDesign.com. That's the website. Um, you can type in my name in the interwebs in the Googles, and I'll pop up. You can also find us here on AV Nation uh, occasionally as a contributor on Resi Week and AV Week, and also on CEPro.com. Uh, Thanks for having me on, and, and always an interesting conversation having uh, this cast of characters here. Very nice. Well, we appreciate it. Um, so my name is Steve Greenblatt. You can find me on most social media platforms at Steve Greenblatt. Reach my company at controlconcepts.net. Uh, but what's important to us is that you visit the website avnation.tv. You can find this show and all the other shows put on by Aviation cast and crew. Uh, you can check out AV Week, Resi Week, those are two of the weekly shows, EdTech, Connected, and ITAV. I think those are all be a big value to this audience. Uh, while you're at avnation.tv, uh, check out the show notes page and leave us a comment. And we'd like to hear from you, like to know what you like about the show, and also like to know what you want to hear more about, and, uh, and we can engage and continue this conversation. But thanks for joining us for today. Um, this has been State of Control.